Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, hello, fans of technology. How are you doing today? And I've just returned from VidCon, which is a big video conference um, located in Anaheim that grows and grows um, every year. I think there was something like 30,000 people there. And basically, it highlights all the content creators and influencers that are working in the online video space, including lots of other platforms, not just YouTube. And as part of that, there are a lot of great companies who are doing things inside of um, inside of that ecosystem. And so today's guest is the fabulous Jessica Thorpe, who is co-founder and president of Gen Video, which is an influencer content platform, basically helping brands and businesses connect to influencers, and we're going to define influencers in a minute, to help engage their audience. And her specialty, her special sauce, is e-commerce. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about social commerce and the power of engaging your audience, consumers, with social social activations with influencers to, to drive purchase. So let's have a big Tech Cat welcome, ladies and gentlemen, for the fabulous Jessica Thorpe. <laughs> wow, they are rambunctious today, very rambunctious today. How are you doing, Jessica? I'm doing well. Thanks, Laurie, for having me on the show. Excited to be talking with you today. Well, so I know you um, you released some new research that your company did um, at VidCon last week. But before we dive into that exciting stuff, because there's such great, great insights that you have, tell us a little bit about how you came to found and run um, Gen Video, what your background is. Sure. So... My background is in traditional media. I worked at a cable network prior to coming to, to this company. I've been with the company for 11 years, and so we've had a, a few pivots along the way, and I can share some stories about that. Uh, but before joining the company, I was at a cable network, started in sales strategy, and then moved into a more traditional marketing role, and so um, really got to experience all aspects of upfront planning, agency support, branded content, consumer promotions, uh, and decided that I wanted to take a leap of faith and join a, a startup. And so at the time, our company was called Expo TV. We were a video-on-demand cable channel, and we were still focused on sharing product and brand stories and video, working with content creators at the time, UGC was the catchphrase, and so we were sourcing content from from peers and customers, uh, but complementing that with our own professional programming and branded content. And so it's actually quite interesting to see, you know, things coming full circle a little bit, but only with social media influencers at the epicenter of all of it. And so when I first joined the company, we would go to trade shows like CES, the Toy Fair, Auto Show, um, and we were covering it very much like the way that you were probably going to VidCon to to experience it firsthand. Uh, but now, today, uh, that's kind of flipped a bit, and social media influencers are are taking over in that regard. And so about three years ago, 
myself and my co-founder relaunched the company as Gen Video, fully dedicating to influencer content and the impact that it can have on commerce. And so as the president, I oversee all aspects of our, our product and technology roadmap, marketing and influencer relations, and spend a lot of time with our re- retail partners to ensure that anything brands are doing with influencers on the content side across social platforms has a path back to shopping, whether that uh, means in-store or online, but really starting to bridge the gap between social and commerce. And can you define for our audience really what we mean when we talk about influencers? Because that is a big catchphrase right now, and we talk a lot that, about that a lot with Instagram influencers and Snapchat influencers, and it all started with YouTube influencers. So can you help us define that? Sure. I mean, I think it depends on who you ask. You may get a different answer. Uh, but from the way that I look at it, influencers – can be anywhere, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be on, on YouTube or Instagram. I mean, if you think back, you know, maybe a decade ago, uh, we might not have been using the word influencer, but certainly, you know, mavens uh, was a, a, a phrase that was coined by Malcolm Gladwell a while back. Um, and it's looking at those people that your, your circle of friends or your, you know, your social network, if you will, would look to for advice. And that's, you know, those people that are uh, confident enough in what they they do and have an authority on a certain topic that they're they're putting content out there to help others. And I think that's the big thing uh, for me as I think about who is an influencer and what does influencer mean. It's someone that's putting content out there and creating it for the greater good and has self-identified themselves as an expert. Um, and then from the the other side, uh, from the audience perspective, whoever is consuming their content really trusts them and believes them to be a credible source for information. And I think those two things go hand in hand. There needs to be that trust and that credibility um, in order for someone to truly be an influencer and have influence on other people's motivations to purchase, to to buy, to do anything really. And I know a lot of these influencers, excuse me, influencers are making a lot of money because brands pay them to um, curate content and to help them uh, communicate the value prop of their brands. And there's all sorts of issues around that. And usually, I think if you're a good influencer, you won't take that on unless it's a product you really believe in. Is that is that true or is that kind of set up changing? No, that's very much true. Uh, you know, we kind of joke around the office sometimes saying, hey, I picked the wrong career. I should have been on the other side of the camera. Uh, but it's not mm-hmm. as easy as it looks. I mean, these these influencers, you know, they content creators, bloggers, you know, whatever they they want to call themselves, they spend a lot of time um, making sure that they're they're putting out great content and they're always looking to improve and try new things and and so, you know, for me I think it's very important to take that seriously and um and from there, I mean, I think there's just a ton of opportunity for for brands to see value from them. Uh, I think the amount of money they make definitely is 
dictated by the size of their audience, the engagement levels that their content has, um, and their ability to really communicate a message in a certain vertical. And so, you know, I spend a, t- a lot of time looking at trade articles, and there's a, there's always controversy around, you know, are they getting paid too much? And, or, or, you know, and if you're looking at it from the creator standpoint, I'm not getting paid enough. And really, there's a, a, a dynamic at play that's kind of unprecedented where um, they're, they're setting the market rate and those that are in the industry and brands are, are really looking to kind of navigate around that and find ways to partner with them, collaborate them with them on longer term project so it doesn't feel so one-off. It's really, you know, a two-way relationship. And and if you're going to work with an influencer and want them to kind of advocate on behalf of your brand, um, it's not a bad thing to think about, you know, it for more than just one video or one activation uh, because there is that relationship that's developing both between the brand and the content creator and the content creator and their audience. And sometimes that takes a little bit more time to develop. That, that totally, totally makes sense. Now, is there a difference, um, before we go to break, just between describing someone as an influencer and describing someone as a creator? Because um, that often is, in, those words are often interchanged when you're talking about, you know, this type of blogger, video maker, content creator who is, you know, um, has millions of people logging on to read their stuff or watch their stuff. So is there a difference between those two names or is it really just this overall big idea, someone making something to influence how people think about something? You know, from the industry side of things, I think we as marketers probably use those two terms interchangeably. I think if you look at it from the influencers' perspective, they probably aren't thrilled to be called influencers. They very much take their craft seriously and see themselves as content creators. Uh, You know, some of their work rivals professional or, you know, TV production at times. Uh, And so for them, I think they see themselves as bloggers or content creators uh, and really from a marketer perspective, we're tapping into that um, the same way a few years ago we would think of word of mouth and tap into communities to kind of push content out there. Uh, but I think if you asked anyone that's on YouTube or Instagram, they would probably not call themselves an influencer, uh, but they do understand that that is a role that they play and that is uh, kind of the bucket that they fall in, if you will, when looking at kind of an overall marketing plan from a from a brand right how they're how they're actually making their living all right we're going to take a break now but when we come back um jessica's going to take us through this great research that you just did um i think you were partnering with um geometry global and you un- you have unveiled mm-hmm. some research finding video as the most influential content format across social platforms and then the role that all of this influencer content is playing in driving people to purchase, which is huge, right? Huge. So we're going to be back in a moment with the fabulous Jessica Thorpe digging into some real insights about how all of this is really driving business and purchase. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. it 
comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Having a lawyer in your court is always a good idea. Each week, Wagner and Winnick on the Law helps you sort out the legal issues and questions in a forum with judges, lawyers, and policy experts answering your questions and discussing your personal rights within the legal system. Law School Dean Mitchell Winnick, along with law professor Stephen Wagner, will discuss the sometimes ever-changing laws and policies to keep you in the know. Listen every Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. If you don't know the law, know a lawyer. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. And we are back with the fabulous Jessica Thorpe, who is co-founder and president of Gen Video, which is an influencer content platform that specializes really in connecting influencers to drive commerce. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But Jessica just got back from VidCon, which is this huge um, video conference um, in the in the Anaheim Convention Center, which both the Vid, VidCon itself and the Anaheim Convention Center keep growing. <laughs> <laughs> that thing yeah. is going to be the largest convention recovering. Yes, center in the world. And you basically go to VidCon and you watch these like 14 and 15 year olds screaming on mass to chase after their favorite YouTubers or Snapchatters, you know, whatever it is. It, it's every year when I go, I'm always blown away by watching these, you know, guys and girls screaming and chasing after someone across the, you know, the um, outside of the conference center. It is the wildest thing. But part, but part of what you're doing is helping brands understand their power to drive business. And so I know you just released um, uh, some new research around social commerce trends. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, yeah, we partnered with Geometry Global on a study to look at the influence of influencers. Um, and so the findings kind of fall into three buckets. It's kind of the general social media content and the influence that's having. And then we wanted to dig a little deeper. So we said, okay, now what happens with those people that are most influenced by social media content 
and what impact does it have on their purchase. And then because we're a video company and we were unveiling these findings at VidCon, which is a conference all about the power of video and the the awesomeness that is video, uh, mm-hmm. we said, okay, well, then let's go a little deeper and see what happens uh, when you're targeting those that are influenced by video most. And so... And, and- what, and what did what did what did what did you learn top level? Like what what blew you away the most? Sure. Well, so um, you know, this is I think a a big number. Maybe not surprising to some of the the folks that are kind of really in in the space. But ninety percent of social media users are influenced to make a purchase after seeing content on social media. And so ninety you know, percent. How, yeah, right? And so think about how much time you spend on your phone, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Consuming content, uh, that's, it's a lot of time. And there's a lot of social media content out there. And, you know, maybe in the act or while you're doing it, you're not thinking about buying something, uh, but it, it has an impact and it has an influence on what you ultimately end up buying. Um, and YouTube specifically is a platform where I think people are, are more inclined to go to specifically for product information. Um, and we'll get into that a, in a little bit. Um, but yeah, 90% of social media users are influenced to make a purchase after seeing content. And so, you know, using that as a starting point, you know, one of the first things we said was like, okay, well, how do we help brands and agencies think about what type of content they should be making to, to really accelerate that and amplify that. Um, and so when looking at influencer content, the top types of content that are influencing these purchase decisions are personal stories, DIY, recipes, and product reviews. And, you know, what I think is really interesting about that is, you know, Okay, product reviews, recipes, those are things that you're probably like diving right into something specific. I need to learn how to make chocolate chip cookies. Let me find a recipe. Or I want to buy a new laptop. Let me read, let me watch some reviews. Uh, but personal stories and DIYs, you know, those are things that are a little bit more lean back. And if you're following influencers on any social platform, you're first and foremost interested in them as a person and you like the type of content that they create. And when they're sharing their experiences or showing you how to do something in kind of a real world setting, um, the ability for you to really relate with them and, and trust that what they're talking about and that product they're using is solving their problem that the problem that they had is really powerful. And it's something that is, driving how consumers are starting to shop. Now, is there, um, in most of these platforms, I know now, at least for Instagram, you're able to, um, you know, click directly in the into the photo, into that window, and get pushed to a URL, which before you had to go back to the bio of that user. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're, they're actually adding in more direct um, basketing. Um, is that true also with YouTube and some of the other platforms that if I see um, an influencer using a product and I'm like, I got to have that, is, are all of them implementing direct basketing to, to, to cut away any sort of friction between I've seen this and I want to make the purchase? 
You know, I think all of the social platforms have an eye towards that, but I do believe that Instagram is doing a really great job making it easy both for the content creators and for the the users of the app um, to have that seamless experience. So whether it's in the Insta stories and you're swiping up and you can go straight to a product page or having some of that direct kind of buy functionality within the post, uh, that is that is something that is really um, important. Uh, you know, when we do things on YouTube, um, there, are, there are definitely features that YouTube makes available. They have their own um, kind of sponsored ads that pull in related products so people could shop. Uh, but when we're working uh, with a brand and an influencer, in almost every case, we're ensuring that in the description, there's a link to learn more or to buy now that goes to a retail product page. And and so that is something that I think is really important when brands are dipping their toe in working with influencers, specifically on YouTube. Uh, sometimes it can be overwhelming and it stops after, hey, I found the creator that I want to work with or creators. Uh, agreeing on what the creative concept will be. The video goes live. We get a bunch of views. Everyone high fives because we have a lot of engagement, likes, comments, sharing, things like that. Um, and then it's over. But for us, we say, well, no, that's just where it begins. Let's make sure we think about what happens next. After the viewer had a great experience with that content, what do you want them to do to lean in a little bit more with your brand or to kind of push them further down the purchase funnel. And so while I don't think all of the platforms have really baked in functionality to make that super easy for people to add a card or to swipe a credit card right then and there, we're certainly thinking about it all the time, regardless of what platform we're working with, to ensure that there's always that ability to learn more or to buy now, are, are influencers um, growing in their popularity when you can track that their content has driven to purchase? I mean, does it change their subscribers? I, I would understand it would change their value to the marketer, but does the fact that they're increasing sales impact their subscriber base at all? You know, does it help them grow as an influencer? That is such a great question and one that, We'll definitely need to include in the the second round of research that we we do. Call me, call me. I have tons of questions. Good, I definitely will. I mean, you know what? I think there's this concept of a viral video, or there are some influencers that uh, they'll see success in growing their channel by doing things like um, hopping onto some trend. There was this hundred layer challenge that went around a little while ago where, you know, if you were in the beauty space or just watch beauty videos, it's, you know, 100 layers of fake tanning, 100 layers of liquid lipstick, and it goes on and on. And so there are certainly tactics that these content creators um, employ and share with each other to help grow their base. And it is a community, and so there's a lot of sharing of audiences that happen, collaborations. That's another great way for, for channels to grow. But what I would say is I don't believe, at least, you know, I no, nothing in our research really supports this. This is my own personal pers- perspective or answer to the question. I'm not quite sure that the audience of the 
or the subscriber base of the YouTuber or anyone that maybe even just comes in through searching for information and ends up watching the video is able to understand kind of in aggregate what impact that influencer is having. What I will say is that we at Gen Video spend a ton of time looking at that information and kind of going back to a question you asked earlier about the the rates and the worth of an influencer, you know, you'd really be surprised um, to see how different channels are in terms of performance. And so somewhat two channels side by side, same demographic, same number of subscribers, one channel can have five, ten times the viewership on average for their content than another. Um, and, and those are the types of metrics that marketers really need to start to look at. What is the engagement level of the content, first and foremost? And then what we do is say, well, okay, and how does this content perform? Is it an engaged audience? Are they driving a lot of traffic to the e-commerce site where where the brand then has the ability to really start to track and look at the downstream impact that what they're doing with influencers is having on on driving sales. And that's really where we we want to focus in on and educate uh brands on on making sure that they're engaging with the right influencers, creating the right content based on what their objectives are, but then making sure that it's doing something beyond just, you know, driving viewership. Because yeah, I'm, influencer I'm, marketing I, yeah, so, is more than just an advertising replacement. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that what I'm always blown away with is when I'm on Facebook and there's some content there um, where someone's that I know is demonstrating a product, I just want it. <laughs> when it's in my feed like that, I just want it. Like I found myself looking at stuff that I didn't know I wanted. You know, like the other day I was looking at like some coconut cream and I'm like, why do I care about this? But it showed up in my feed and it was being used by somebody that was in my feed or something. And I was just like, oh, I have to have this. Like I have to have it, you know? And it was, it, it, I am always amazed at what am I doing? I just lost another 15 minutes of my day <laughs> digging yeah, into this yeah. thing. You know. And, uh, you know, if you spend any time shopping on Amazon, they make it so easy to do that. So I feel like, right, you, you watch a piece of content and, you, and you're one click away from the product being at your house in 24 hours. And it's and that's really what's fascinating to me is how seamless, and, you know, I'm using that word very loosely because I'm not sure it's as frictionless to your point as it can yeah. be, but... Um, it can be to go from, you know, sitting on your phone just trying to watch a tasty video to buying a pair of shoes online. And and that's really I think speaks kind of indirectly to the power of what's happening in in influencer marketing and really, you know, it is becoming a, a standard practice for, for brands to break through the noise and to you know to provide content that their customers want to consume versus shoving things down their throat. Oh, I love that. As a note to end on while we take another break. Um, and when we come back with Jessica Thorpe, who's president and co-founder of Gen Video, we're going to talk a little bit more about the research and also get some impressions on VidCon. Because if you go every year, you start to see some interesting trends bubble up. And I'd love to get your perspective on what you learned this year um, at the largest show of content creators, um, really, I think, in the world. And now, of course, they're going global. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with the fabulous Jessica 
Jessica Thorpe, digging more into the power of influencers and how it's really connecting brands to, to, to drive to that e-commerce play. More in a moment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Having a lawyer in your court is always a good idea. Each week, Wagner and Winnick on the Law helps you sort out the legal issues and questions in a forum with judges, lawyers, and policy experts answering your questions and discussing your personal rights within the legal system. Law School Dean Mitchell Winnick, along with law professor Stephen Wagner, will discuss the sometimes ever-changing laws and policies to keep you in the know. Listen every Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. If you don't know the law, know a lawyer. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hey, everybody. And we've been listening to some great insights today about influencers, content influencers, and how they're driving to purchase um, for brands online um, using their great content, um, blogs, videos, whatever it is, photos. And we have the fabulous Jessica Thorpe here who is co-founder and president of Gen Video. And they just did some great research all about this topic. Um, and Jessica's been dropping the insights left and right. So is there, <laughs> is there, is there any last piece um, from the research or anything, you know, in the aggregate of the trends that you looked at? Because I know we were talking about influencers versus like friends, because to me, it all kind kind of blends together. Is there different behaviors when I'm watching something from a friend versus an influencer? Yes, and that was one of the things that we were really astonished by in the the research. And so, you know, if I look back to 2013, there are a number of studies done with similar methodologies to to ours. And at the time, social media influencers were only 9% uh, when you're looking at the those that are, you know, the type of people you look to for 
for purchasing information. And in 2015, friends and family and social media influencers were kind of neck and neck, but friends and family were still top in terms of the go-to source for looking for information about making purchases. The finding from our study, which again shocked me, is you know in just four short years, social media influencers are the most effective and trusted source at driving sales, more than brands, 94% more than friends and family, and seven times that of celebrities. And when I say celebrities, I'm talking about musicians, movie stars, athletes. And so to me, that's crazy. Um, and just a little anecdote that really brings that to life, uh, you know, I think everyone, you know, you live in two worlds. You either love the Kardashians or you hate the Kardashians. But the one thing I'd say is they're an interesting example of family turned celebrity turned influencer. Um, and just last week, Kim Kardashian launched her own beauty line. And she hosted an event and invited YouTubers to help launch her product. So celebrities are even turning to YouTube influencers or just influencers in general to help ensure the success of their their products. And so to me, that was just really fascinating because, you know, in the span of just four short years, we, we went from turning to mom to turning to YouTube. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's like a metaphor for raising uh, tweens right now, right? It's like it's like a direct, you know, uh, direct parallel. Well, okay, so you've been going to VidCon for for a while now. I think this was its eighth year or ninth year, something like that. Yeah, uh, eighth year. Eighth year, and then um, they said there was about forty thousand people there, um, and I don't know if that's you know the, really the latest accurate number, but. Um, you know, it was packed and it's packed with, you know, these 14 year olds and they have what I love about VidCon is they're so in touch with their audience and the ecosystem their audience lives in that they have parent lounges and they've also perfected how they move the influencers around the physical convention center so that when these crazy teenagers are screaming and running after them, nobody gets hurt. And they have also figured out how to set up a lottery system so that all of these tweens can also get autographs from from their favorite influencers. And they, they just have this amazing system. It's it's insane. What what did you what were your impressions this year of VidCon? Did you see any big changes, any anything that had a lasting impression for you? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think the show is produced wonderfully, given the fact that there are three extremely different groups of people that are going there for very, very different reasons. You've got the community, and they're on the first floor, and you're right, it's a bunch of teenagers that are accompanied by their parents or sometimes their grandparents, and they're there for the love of the content creators and for the love of uh, of YouTube, and it's like Disneyland for some of them. I mean, literally, I was talking to a business colleague of mine, and his kids went to VidCon this year instead of going to Disneyland. Well, I was like, that's insane. Um, but it speaks to the movement that's happening and, you know, why I'm so excited about being kind of in this 
center of it all from a, you know, a platform perspective. Uh, but so there's a community track, then there's a creator track, and that's really like, how do we share? How do we learn? How do we help one another? Uh, and then the industry track, and they do a great job separating all, all three of them. Um, but at the same time, you can kind of drop in and out and get a, a taste for, for it all if, if you're so inclined. Um, but one of the biggest things that I noticed that was different this year than the last two years that I went was there was slightly less stampedes of screaming girls. Yeah. Right outside yeah. the convention center. Um, but to, to your point earlier, the show's growing every year. They actually took over the Hyatt. So YouTube took over the Hyatt and all of the featured creators were there. Meet and greets were there. And so there were still tons of screaming fans. They were just slightly further down the street. Uh, and so at first I was like, oh, something feels a little different. Um, and then I realized the show had just grown um, and I didn't spend as much time over there as at the, the convention center itself. Uh, right, but, right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, and I'll say, I haven't gone to Cannes, but they had a Ferris wheel. And I feel like any, right. <laughs> any great ad tech or martech event, once you have a Ferris wheel, you're, you've made it. And so there was a Ferris wheel this year, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I think it was Awesomeness TV partnered with a few other folks to do that. But um, I think the, I, I did speak to someone at UTA who puts together a lot of um, the sponsorships. And they mm-hmm. told us that in specific, they had indeed finally moved all of the influencers to their own hotel to sort of protect them a little bit more yeah. In, instead of spreading them out. So they just bought out an entire hotel and filled it up with these influencers, um, which is amazing. But it's And now they're launching in Australia, I think, and then also mm-hmm. somewhere in, in Asia. So it's, it's just fascinating. I mean, I had a long conversation with someone at Live.me um, and how they're monetizing their live streaming um, creators through virtual assets so that you can gift a live, you know, live broadcast person with like, you know, a dolphin or, a, you know, just a digital umbrella or something within the app. And that actually turns to cash for mm-hmm. that influencer. And then influencers are giving gifts back to their audience. And so there's actually a monetary ecosystem happening inside of live.me, which was happening in Asia, but now it's happening here. It just, it, all that stuff just blows my mind away. You know, and yeah, then you- I was going to say, I know that's a big trend in Asia, and I do see it starting to make its way here in the States. Um, and, you know, with, like, cord cutting, I think pe- teens, you know, millennials even, you know, a lot of people don't have cable, and they're turning to YouTube for, for entertainment, and certainly with YouTube Red and all the other live TV stuff that, that they're rolling out, um, it's not surprising to see that people will, you know, shell over a couple bucks here and there for people that they truly value their content from because at the end of the day, um, one, it's probably cheaper than paying your cable bill, and two, they, they understand that, you know, they need to keep things going and they're not a big media company. They don't have endless piles of money, uh, but they want to create awesome content. And so it's, it is, it's a community, it's an ecosystem and it's truly amazing to see um, it develop. Yeah. And and I think what will come next is how they're working with brands. And then that's when you jump in because what needs to happen with all of these content platforms is that business layer. So a brand knows how to interact. And so that's what you guys are doing because otherwise 
you know, it's just hearsay and a vibe, but you need like actual numbers and data in order for a brand to write a check, you know, and so that that's um that that to me is, is the really fascinating part. Um, do you think there are any other big trends, Martech trends coming down the pike for, for brands in your space? You know, I do think that there's a lot of talk right now around viewing, click fraud, ad blocking, all of those sorts of things. You know, there are a lot of big brands that had banned running advertising on YouTube for a little while. And so when you think about all of that, the rise of the creator is is important. It's a fundamental shift in how brands are communicating with their consumers and brands are being forced to move away from this kind of interruptive advertising model and, and move towards branded content. And so that's kind of where, where we come in, right? Gen Video simplifies that branded content process and brings true tangible steps to campaign management with influencers um, and our e-commerce syndication platform. And so it's, again, it's trying to structure things, make things easier, scalable, trackable, um, and able to be optimized against. And so, you know, that's where the, the platform and technology component comes into what we do uh, because, you know, it's it's easy to interact with a, an influencer and have a dialogue. But if you think about it at scale and within a large organization, how do you then leverage those assets in the other ways? How do you track and monitor and make sure that they're live and performing? And, and really bringing some structure and stability around that is certainly a focus um, and, and something that I think brands and marketers are asking for as the the influencer, influencer marketing um, space platforms and mature. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great point. All right, well, we're going to take another break, and then we come back. I want to um, hear from you a little bit about where you guys are going to be. You're going to be doing some more research. Where can people get this research? How are you continuing to, you know, generate these insights so people understand how, how to work with you? So we're going to be back in a moment with the fabulous Jessica Thorpe, who once again is uh, blowing up our minds with lots of insights about you know, what's really happening in this space? And it can't be ignored anymore. It is not just the thing for the digital executive, but this is really, in so many ways, the future of engaging consumers. So we'll be back in a moment with the fabulous Jessica, president of Gen Video and its co-founder, as we dig more into social commerce here on the Tech Cat Show. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. 
Having a lawyer in your court is always a good idea. Each week, Wagner and Winnick on the Law helps you sort out the legal issues and questions in a forum with judges, lawyers, and policy experts, answering your questions and discussing your personal rights within the legal system. Law School Dean Mitchell Winnick, along with law professor Stephen Wagner, will discuss the sometimes ever-changing laws and policies to keep you in the know. Listen every Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. If you don't know the law, know a lawyer. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. We have been learning all about the power of social media influencers for really helping to influence purchase behavior. Um, among shoppers, uh, including millennials and parents, and all in the backdrop of the uh, huge, um, very popular show called VidCon, which was in Southern California um, last week. And uh, Jessica Thorpe, who's from Gen Video, um, has been sharing with us a, a lot of the research that they just did. And where can people find more of, of, of these insights and research? So we put out a white paper in part of the release that we did at VidCon. And so if you go to gen.video slash blog, you can find our latest blog post that shares more of the insights and learnings from the report itself. And you can also download the white paper. And and what about, are you guys constantly publishing content that's accessible for the general audience? Like, uh, should that be a blog that we bookmark and go back to continuously? Yeah, we certainly try our best to put great content out there that looks at the the industry as a whole, trends that we're seeing, case studies of, of work that we're proud of, spotlighting some of the content creators that we're most excited to be partnering with. And so certainly fresh content on a monthly basis across the the influencer marketing landscape landscape and because we do specialize in e-commerce, you won't be surprised to see some interesting things around what's happening in the world of influencer on Walmart or Amazon. And so a great mix of content and information that spans social and e-commerce all centered around influencer and video. Well, that's, uh, that's awesome. And are you guys speaking anywhere or doing anything at any other show um, coming up? Yeah, September is a big month for us. We will be sharing some more of the findings from the Influence of Influencers research study that we did at the Influencer Marketing Days event 
That's in New York City, September 26th. I'll be presenting with uh, Geometry Global again. And then uh, just two days later, our CMO, Jason Katz, will be at the Path to Purchase Expo in Chicago um, sharing part two of the research, which really digs a little deeper into what happens at various retailers within different product segments, and so how does consumer electronics versus consumer packaged goods vary from travel um, and fashion and beauty, and so looking at content preferences and content types that are most favorable for driving purchase uh, across the social platforms, and then also kind of double-clicking and looking in to see, do certain platforms or different content types perform better at motivating purchase and driving sales on a retail-by-retailer basis. And so we're really excited to share those learnings in September at the Path to Purchase Expo in Chicago. And when, when you, I'm just curious, has your client changed within the agencies? Like, was it always the social media person or the data person and now it's the strategist? Or ha- has that role of who you're actually interacting with changed? That's a great question. I think for us, for Gen Video, it's a little different than maybe others because of our roots in e-commerce. We would traditionally start by working with folks that sit in more of a e-commerce or shopper role, um, but as more and and that was more so for product videos. Uh, we were leveraging influencers, but not necessarily looking to them for scale from a reach and awareness standpoint. Um, understanding that these content creators are so great at what they're doing and that they can provide content that works up and down the funnel, we are starting to work much more closely with digital strategy teams, media agencies, PR firms certainly are in the mix. And so each organization is different, uh, but the functions within an organization are growing in terms of who's got their hand in an influencer content. Um, and so the that's where I see a ton of opportunity in the future is as you start to think about how do those uh, functions, which sometimes operate in silos, start to integrate and think about things from a more omni-channel standpoint. Oh, I love that word, omni-channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so weird how that gets me excited. Um, what about um, what? I know, really. What 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 shows are you going to make sure? <laughs> what shows are you going to make sure that you you get to personally that really help you understand what's happening? Well, VidCon for sure. Every year, there's no missing that one. Um, and then you know because we do see that the role of influencer and video content is playing um, more importance for, for brands and retailers. Shop.org, Shop Talk are a couple that are uh, a little bit more e-commerce focused, but you'd be surprised to uh, see how much time is spent talking about content, talking about video, talking about influencers. And so those are, are, are two that we um, keep our eye on. We participated in a number of things at Shop Talk last year, and that's a, a show that um, you know, it's fairly new, and it's uh, one that we, we look to participate in uh, in the future as well. I, I loved that show. I just went for a day. I bopped over to Vegas for a day, and I was blown away by, again, um, all the cross-section of sort of every business category coming together under this commerce umbrella. But it's not just about commerce. It's everything now. So it's, it's, it's really, really quite fascinating. And are, are you yourself a tweeter? Um, you know, are you posting yourself? Um, or is it all coming out of Gen Video's Twitter handle? 
So both um, our Gen Video handle it and my personal one. So for Gen Video, it's Gen underscore Video, uh, and then I personally. Uh, tweet as often as I can, uh, and my Twitter handle is Jessica, G-N-O-N, and so J-E-S-S-I-C-A-G-N-O-N, a little hard to say, um, but, uh, <laughs> with my maiden name, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I think, one, it's important to be on, on Twitter, kind of just seeing what other people are talking about, but always like to be part of the community talking about influence marketing, talking about social commerce. Uh, and so I do my fair share of tweeting when I can. Right. I, lo- I think that, that Twitter has, besides it being sort of the main communication platform of our fantastic president, um, yeah. <laughs> um, besides that, <laughs> it's, it's certainly a great d- direct response engine. Um, and are, are, do you work at all with Twitter influencers or is that sort of a side note to Instagram, Facebook, any of the live video platforms, YouTube, and all that. You know, because you st- we we prioritize video, uh, we, we're what we call video first. Um, Twitter does play an active role in uh, influencers that have Twitter channels can, or accounts, I should say, can leverage the platform. But the majority of brands that we partner with, both on our self-service platform and kind of on the managed service side, would use Twitter as a a way to amplify something that they're doing. And so it's typically not the primary platform that content creators are being engaged with, but um, part of the mix. And so maybe working with an influencer to post a picture on Instagram and then um, tweeting about it as well or posting a video on YouTube and then using both Instagram and Twitter to drive more traffic to that video. And so it's part of the integrated mix. um, But for us anyway, it's more of an amplification vehicle than a primary platform for uh, sponsorships that we're doing. God, I love that, too. Um, I think that's also pretty fascinating, just how they all kind of play together, um, you know, connecting the dots for everything. So so um, starting um, in the next six months, do you think there'll be any big e-commerce, you know, software launch or any big trend that we should all be looking out for? I don't know what I'd say in the next six months. I always have my eye on what Amazon's up to. They just launched a couple months ago this influencer marketing beta program that we are excited to be onboarding some of our influencers onto that provides this cool shopping storefront. Um, and so if you're you're used to seeing influencers on YouTube or other platforms put links to product pages, you know, sometimes the description box on YouTube is a mile long with, you know, here are the 10 products that I featured. Um, And so one of the cool things that they just launched is the storefront page. And so you can have one link that uses your Instagram or YouTube handle, and then you can curate your, your top picks there. And so they're there's definitely someone that we we keep an eye on, and you know, for us, we're always looking to innovate on our platform to make it easier for influencers to add commerce elements to things that they're doing. And so, um, you know, in the next six months, you wouldn't be surprised to see something new from us in terms of innovating around finding new ways for content creators to help brands and marketers bridge that gap between social and e-commerce. 
Ooh, look at you. All right, well, we have to wrap it up here on the Tech Cat Show, but we have been, I mean, this has been the most insightful show really about influencers and their impact on commerce, um, you know, in a long time. Jessica Thorpe, co-founder and president of Gen Video, dropping insights left and right um, based off of the hot research that uh, she just released with Geometry Global um, off of VidCon. So check out everything that uh, Gen.Video is doing. Learn more about all the great work they're doing with influencers deeply um, attached to their history and insights around e-commerce. Thank you so much, Jessica. This has been really yeah, thank you. This I want to go shop so much. <laughs> I am going to go shopping right now. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Talk to you next week. You'll see me on Amazon and everywhere else spending money. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 